church, and my daughter Lena was the worship leader for years, years, and we, so I guess it's been about six years, six years, and um, it's been such a blessing, and when, um, when Lena had to move on to college, Alice has been so graciously been involved as worship leader, and sometimes we do that together, which is a, which is a blessing, and also just a really, um, uh, a faithful part of that prayer set is um, is Tim Andrews. Tim, um, you may or may not know. Some of you might know him because you have some you have some history with Agape. But um, Tim and his his um, wife Mary prayed for years at Agape, and they really had a heart for the persecuted church. <clears throat> I mean, many many years, and I I know it. Maybe even at some point that might have felt discouraging for them because it was sometimes it was just him and Mary <laughs> praying for the persecuted church. Um, but he recognized that just if 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 it's you and God in agreement, you know that that is a majority. And so week in and week out for years, Tim faithfully uh, prayed with his wife Mary, and then he and Mary came and joined us in praying. And so, and that's continued. So it's been a long time because actually Mary's been gone for about three and a half years and Tim has just continued and been such an asset to, to this. And um, in fact, he, about a month ago, he brought me uh, materials from VOM saying, you know, the day of prayer is coming up, you know, just passing this on, you can decide what you're going to do. And um, so I've been praying about it. And then I don't think I really made the connection that it was actually I was on the schedule for the exact day. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's that works out. That That's supposed to happen. And so I have asked Tim um, to, to share my time because he has such an incredible heart for the persecuted church and has been faithfully praying um, for so many years. And um, I'm sure Mary would be thrilled um, to see that he's continued this. And so um, he's going to come up and he's going to talk up from his heart about the the persecuted church and, and just the need out there. We're actually going to first do a video and then and then Tim is going to come up and then um, I'm going to continue to just kind of get into some of the practical ways that we can do that after, after Tim is done. So if we want to go ahead and start the video. Each year, Open Doors compiles the World Watch List. It's a list of the top 50 countries where Christians are most severely persecuted. This year's list includes a detailed report where countries are given a score and according to the severity of the persecution are categorized from very high to extreme. One of the most surprising findings of this year's report is that the number of Christians killed for their faith is up by 60% compared to last year's reporting period. This was mainly due to the increase of armed conflicts in Nigeria and Sub-Saharan Africa. On top of the list is North Korea. Christians living here are arrested and taken to work camps for possessing a Bible or when caught praying. An estimated 50 to 70,000 Christians are currently imprisoned. The rest of the top five countries are Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, and Pakistan. Open Doors director explains that Christians are asked to convert to the dominant religion or face death in these countries. More than surprising me, it pains me. It pains me very much because they are souls. They are people killed. They are widows, orphaned children. They are entire towns and villages displaced and sacked. In short, there is a lot of pain around this crisis. However, for Open Doors, 
Not All Hope has been lost. With the help of donations and resourceful Christian centers, they were able to aid persecuted faithful in certain parts of the world. In the case of India, we helped over 100,000 people during 2020 with basic necessities. We aided families who had become impoverished within days, within weeks, who were starving. Open Doors is a worldwide organization supporting and providing resources to persecuted Christians in more than 60 countries. Their primary focus is to provide emergency relief, contextualize Christian material in minority languages, and community development in places where Christians are deprived of basic and spiritual needs. The main focus is to go to places where there is most hostility towards Christians and even more hostility to the gospel. We take care of small, large, isolated, or even hidden Christian communities. The heart of Open Doors is this, to tell these Christians you're not alone. We come there to you and ask what you need. We don't tell you what we think you need. This is the basis of the way we operate. Directors of Open Doors, like Christian, are hopeful that with the help of interreligious efforts, collaborations with local governments and volunteers worldwide, the next reporting year will provide better results. This is Cappadocia, first mentioned in the Book of Acts, an ancient home for Christians for thousands of years. But it isn't just a home, it's also a place of refuge. God has used this place to help Christians for hundreds of years. Christians fleeing invaders, persecution, and certain death. And here, walking in the footsteps of thousands of faithful Christians, I'm reminded of how God used this place to keep his church alive and growing. But in many countries around the world, this is not ancient history. Millions of Christians face this reality on a daily basis. Around the world today, over 360 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. That's one in seven Christians worldwide. The problem is impossible to overstate, and yet, each of those people who suffers has their own Cappadocia, a secret place that God has provided of refuge and peace, because no Christian suffers alone.
When brothers and sisters around the world stand with them, persecuted Christians know that even in the harshest of circumstances, they will not be forgotten and left without hope. That's part of our DNA as Christians. When you stand with God's persecuted people, you're bringing the reality of Cappadocia to Christians all over the world. افرادی هستند که با من هستند، افرادی هستند که با درد من گریه میکنند، افرادی هستند که برای من گریه میکنند و دعا میکنند. این برام خیلی قوت قلب بود. چون که اگر اونجا قدرت خدا نباشه تو اون مکان، شانه میتونه طاقت بیاره. This year we've made it easier than ever for you to stand with your family in prayer with the 2022 World Watch List. As you read it, see what God does in your heart and what he does in the hearts of your brothers and sisters as he provides refuge as he's done here in Cappadocia for over a thousand years. Join us in 2022 because we're one church, one family. this passage and then and then Tim's going to come up um, 2nd Corinthians 4 9 through 11 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation we are hunted down but never abandoned by God we get knocked down but we are not destroyed through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies yes we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So this hasn't changed um, since, um, since the good news has gone forth that believers that put their faith and their trust in God, um, uh, the enemy hates that. And so there's a constant um, attack on them um, for their faith. And this, those that are following Christ faithfully are, you know, they, they are these living demonstrations of the hope of Christ for the world. And so um, obviously they, they are, um, they're knocked down, but they're not destroyed. Even though they're through suffering, their bodies, they're, they're sharing in the testimony of the fact that they believe that Jesus is the Christ and that he died and he was resurrected. And just like Jesus was persecuted, so likewise, those that put their faith in him are persecuted. And so we're going we're gonna to spend the remaining time that we have. Tim's going to come up and share <clears throat> about his heart for that. And then, like I said, I'm going to share some practical ways that we can respond to that. So, um, Tim, if you want to come on up, and then I'm going to pray for you. Tom was cracking a joke on you, and he said you didn't even, didn't even, <laughs> Ben and I, Lord, I just thank you, <clears throat> I thank you for this faithful man that has received your, um, your calling on his life to be a prayer warrior and to, um, to intercede. Um, Lord, I thank you for his incredible heart um, for persecuted believers throughout the world, 
uh, as well as this body here, Lord. I thank you for um, that his desire is to be a good and faithful servant and and that he not only prays for them, but he prays um, daily for this body here in faithfulness. Lord, we're so grateful for him, Lord. I just pray that you would speak through him. Let your Holy Spirit um, come through his mouth as he shares his heart in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share a, a friend of mine, Catholic. Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. Um, she knows I come Wednesdays. And I was talking with her last night and uh, talked about the day, coming today. And she said, what is a persecuted church? What is it? I shared with her and you know what this pagan woman is? Very religious. Unsaved. You know what she said? Why doesn't all churches pray for the persecuted church? I had no answer for her. As you hear some of these things, and uh, my desire is that you would forget about what you're going to have for dinner today for a few minutes. I'm going to read Hebrews 13, 3, and one more. Put yourselves in them. They're people like us. They just don't live here. They're people like us. They hurt. People die. They killed. Uh, the worst, the, the least could happen is they're generally harassed. It's like dripping water every day, every day. The worst is the various torture. They may, they can make you wish you would die, and then sometimes they do. So I want to thirteen three Hebrews. Don't forget about those in prison. doesn't say if you think about it, it might be a good idea. It just says do it with them as though you were there yourself. Share the sorrow of those being mistreated as though you feel their pain in your own bodies. Mary was a voracious reader and she read the 1599 Geneva Bible, which the pilgrims brought over with them, for the notes. King James did not like the notes, so he rewrote it without the notes and called it the 1611 King James Bible. So Mary left this note, 18, Genesis 18:32. If God refused not prayers, not the prayers for the wicked sodomites, 
even to the sixth attempt. You know, he got down to 10. Abraham says, isn't there 10? What happened next? Jesus walked away. No, there weren't any 10. So Abraham left. How much more? That's like some scripture. But God, how much more will he grant the prayers of the godly for the afflicted church? There's always been persecution in the church. The church, the body of Israel, God's people. Let's go back 4,000 years. You want to? Um, to the birth of, oh, you have Abraham there, Abram. <clears throat> and Sarai was, let's help the Lord. We have the promise. You're going to have somebody, no, your servant is not going to be your surviving heir. You're going to have a real son. After a while, Sarah said, you know what, Abe, it was good for that in them days. Why don't you just, you know, get together with the servant over here and we'll, we'll, have the, we'll have the kid. She wanted to help God. Don't ever try to help him. It won't work out. However, it did work out for his plan. So Ishmael ran roughshod, and, and, and that was Genesis 16, Genesis 21. Uh, Isaac comes along. <clears throat> the covenant was given to Abraham, but the promise to the seed was Isaac. Isaac showed up, and, Ab and uh, Ishmael uh, and, his, and his mother, they felt like they were mistreated and abused, whatever. So we, we know that God met him out in the desert, and he was going to form a whole nation, many nations out of uh, Ishmael. So let's go 2,000 years later, or ago, and somewhere it says, and they are at odds to this day. And what the, what the angel said uh, to Hagar was, your son who you will, whoops, hello, I'm not used to that, uh, have once free and he be like a wild donkey, he will be against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live at odds with these brothers all the rest of his life. And we saw that happen. And I won't get into the Muslims who have adopted Abraham and Ishmael. And so anyway, you heard the number of 340 million Christians in the 60 countries. Uh, I just took two countries, China, there's about 93 million or 115 million Protestants uh, in the country. And that's not a nice place to be. There's about 30 million in the registered churches where they have pictures of the president and they took down all the crosses. Uh, the population as of yesterday, that's what the computer said, 1,452,311,109. Approximately 18% of the world's population. India, there's a population of 1.4, I round up, from two years ago, and 28 million Christians are about 2.3, 2.4 of the population. In Acts, I had a list of scriptures to read, but I'm not going to do all that. 
Acts 12.6, Peter was charged, chained between two soldiers in jail. You all know about that. And you know he went on to be crucified. He took it upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy enough to be crucified in the same fashion that Jesus was. And just a side note, we did some history, and his wife was there. And he was able to go and console his wife, and they consoled each other. And if I remember right, they wound up taking her away too. And in Acts 21:33, Paul was arrested and bound with two chains, and we know what happened with that as well. He wound up in the cistern. Somebody may see that later, next month. And he wound up being decapitated because Rome thought that crucifixion was too ignoble for the Romans. We'll cut your head off. It's quicker. That's why Jesus was crucified. Daniel 3.20, you know about the blazing furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. Three young men wouldn't bow down to him or the, uh, the statue. They had a choice. They knew they were going to get, think about it, folks. If they're going to take you out here and I'll throw you in a furnace, all right. See, he said, me of the furnace. Matter of fact, watch this. And they turned it up seven times, killed the people that were throwing the stuff in it. No, we won't. We know, listen, we know he can do it. We don't know if he will. Doesn't matter. I ain't going that way. They threw him in, and you know the story. How many did he throw in there? Well, he will be with us, too. He is with us. And like I was sharing somebody the other day, whatever kind of persecution we go, go under, he will give us the faith. That's what I shared with my friend the other day. Was, if you need five pounds of faith, how do you measure it? Say five pounds of faith to operate and function on the daily thing like we're doing. What happens when this stuff shows up? <laughs> How about 20 pounds? He'll give it to you. Corey Tenboom sat with her dad on the side of the road waiting for the bus to come in. And she said, well, Daddy, uh, I don't have any money for the bus. Well, when the bus comes in, you'll have it. Let's remember that some of the things that you will need, you don't have it now. You don't need it now. What would you do with it? Um, and again, one more scripture, then a few minutes on this, and then uh, have a prayer, and be, I'll be down up here. Uh, lamentations. <clears throat> Think about what this prophet's saying. Lamentations chapter 3, verses uh, 46 to 55. Now, this man's in anguish. It's been a while. Has not been a good day for him. Has not been a good year for him. But again, the Lord knows who you are. He knows everybody that's his. 
And here's the cry. We are filled with fear. That does not mean reverence and awe for God. It's afraid. I've been afraid once or twice. Maybe you have too. So as a prophet, he was afraid. For we're trapped, desolate, ruined. Streams of tears flow from my eyes. Why? Because of the destruction of my people. My tears flow down endlessly. They will not stop until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. My heart's breaking over the fate of all the women of Jerusalem. My enemies, whom I have never harmed, chased me like a bird. They threw me into a pit, dropped stones on my head. The water flowed above my head, and I cried out, This is the end! But God. But I called on your name, Lord, deep within the well, and you heard me. I have this. It uh, comes once a month, open doors. It's every day you get something to pray for somebody. <clears throat> There's three or, three or four lines. Maybe five if it's a really long one. So I'm going to read a few. When the pastor came home, the, the attacks in Nigeria, that'd be Muslim. He came in the house. If you were there at that time, it, it would have been your house. What did they do? Well, they killed his two sons and took the daughter and shipped her out. And you can only imagine... And you can't imagine bad enough what they do with women. And sometimes they even do that with guys. And pray for strength and protection and return of those taken. When the Allied Democratic Fortress, ADC, the um, Democratic Republic of Congo, they attacked um, the spotlight and the village. <clears throat> it left 25 dead, mostly Christians. 30 homes on fire. The same group had attacked elsewhere the previous week. Terrorists don't rest a lot. They terrorize. Somebody comes shoot you in the head, they're not a terrorist. Terrorists, are, they'll get you for an hour, two, or three a week. Make you pay. And then they'll shoot you. She had a flash. One of the things we prayed for, uh, again, the Muslim things, they went into the hotel, took the hotel over, lined everybody up. <clears throat> okay. And they went from here to there. They asked the person in front of them, are you a Christian or Muslim? What are you? Don't try to get sneaky. So I'm a Muslim. <laughs> okay. Answer some questions. Whoops. The Muslims, they set free. The Christian, boom. Now, the terror is happening down here because they know they're going to be you in a few minutes. That's terror. And they did that. They let the Muslims go. They shot every Christian. Bing, 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 bang. 
the church service uh, interrupted. Civil worshipers were killed in Nigeria. They responded to the, okay, how did they respond? Me, I'm not sure. I might have pulled something. And, what are you doing? But no, because he will give me the emotional stability to say, and what does this church do? They prayed for him. They forgave him. This converted couple, they separately, they wanted to follow Jesus. Even as they were getting a divorce, but when they decided to reunite, they were charged with adultery, Muslims. Lord, uh, that they would be able to stay married and be free. And one more. In Nigeria, two more women who, oh, uh, we talked about Chibuk. In 2014, uh, they kidnapped with a 208, I think 280, sorry, school deductees. In 2014, two more have been found. Lord, ease their way back into the families in the village. And what was happening is these poor girls, most of them are girls, it's been, what, eight years? Eight years. And our lady friend, I can't remember her name, uh, yeah, Leah Cherubu, uh, she last died, she had two children by the terrorists. And the ones were set free, what were they set free to? What did they come, what did they come home to? Well, the, villages, the village said, hey, you're out here with these Muslim thugs, terrorists, killing, raping, pillaging, and everything else. And you had their baby. Shame on you. Like they had some, you know. And they were treated like that when they come back. Welcome home. So what we have here is an anomaly. This is not normal church. You go home, you do your life, whatever it is. They can't do that. Who worked that out? God worked that out. Why does all that happen? Because he allows it. Is he righteous? Absolutely. He will never treat anybody unrighteously. He will give us grace and mercy. Does he owe anybody grace and mercy? No. He's righteous, too. And if you don't get the grace and mercy, if that's what you don't want, he will, he will be righteous with you. And that's what the world's going to get. He will send people to hell because he's righteous. So, Father, we want to thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives every day, every day. We thank you, as somebody brought up, when we need correction, you are a righteous, perfect father. My dad uh, disciplined me once in a while. Look back, it's kind of hardly. Some do it violently, some. But you discipline us just enough that we need, that we encourage us to get back to where you want us to be. I'm grateful for that. We don't want to be left to our own desires. 
So, Father, we thank you again. We want to pray for the persecuted church. Like this lady friend said, why doesn't everybody pray for the persecuted church? I had no answer for it, no idea. So, Father, my desire is that you would touch some hearts. You tell us to pray for the church. It's not a long, drawn-out, 10-page uh, doctrinal statement. It's a verse. But you tell us to do that. I want to be found faithful. A lot of these people, they will tell you, you heard it on the, on the DVD or whatever it is. <coughs> Some of these people pray for us. They pray for us. And how would you like it? You're over here in a prison somewhere. You might just get out and got all the stuff done to her that I'm not going to mention because, because. Shoot your kids. Would you like to have people praying for you? I would. But if nobody does, then nobody will, but people are. So my desire is that Lord touch somebody's heart here on the live stream, if that's where it's going. We're going to see them one day. It's forever. Somebody said, where are you going to spend eternity? Well, you're not going to spend it at all. You can spend $20 quickly, especially today. You couple them for gas. Eternity is forever. It's that upside down, sideways, eight thing. There's no description forever. It's just simply forever. We're going to meet him. We're going to meet Jesus, my prophets, me, Mary, my daughter. You know. We're also going to meet the people that we're praying for. When you pray into a situation, sometimes, most of the time it gives names. They're people like us. And it's only God's grace and mercy in our life that we're not there and they're here. I'm going to quit on this one. I don't know, it's one that kind of jumped out and bit me in the face. I had a law professor said that. The, the, the sister was, what's, what's going to be on a final, doctor? What's going to be on a final? Lectures? Yeah, lectures. But you're also culpable for the book. And you read the book, if you, something jumps out and bites you in the face, you may want to remember it. Well, this did for me where I was uh, many years ago. This family had gotten in a year's worth of harvest rice, a year's worth. And then they got the word that the enemy was coming. Haven't heard about them since. They took them. They took themselves, went into the forest. They kept living. What do I know about it? Nothing. But God knows, absolutely. Was that his plan? Yes. There is no rogue molecule running around. He knows where everything is. Where are they? I don't know. But he knows. And the point of this whole thing is to make you aware. If God does not touch your heart, and he doesn't. But consider it. We're not talking about praying for an hour a day. Like these things here, there's like four lines, five lines if it's a long paragraph. 
just being faithful to Hebrews 13, 3. And that will be faithful to the millions, millions of believers out there who don't know we're here and some of them are praying for us. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much. I think you can see um, Tim's heart. And what, what happens is that it's interesting is that as you pray for the persecuted church, you know, we think we're doing something for them. But what's happening is that God is changing our hearts. He's giving us his heart as we pray for them. And we think about, wow, what, what they're going through and what does it take to do that? And how do you keep walking out your faith? And how do you not shrink back? And how do you stay bold? And how do you not get discouraged and want to give up? Um, it's the power of Christ. It's our prayers. It's all of these things happening. What I'd like to do is, um, in, in the time we have left, I'm just going to try to hit some highlights here. One of the things that I want to talk to you about is, is ways that we can pray. And, um, and this is great if you ever, like if you're praying on your own, and you're seeing the little request that like Tim talked about, these are, some, these are some things that you can pray on your own, or if you happen to be here or joining us online, are you thinking, because I, I, as I first started this, I felt a little bit overwhelmed, like, oh, my heart is breaking for the story that I've just heard. And then it's like, I, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I just can't imagine what they're going through. But, we, but there's, there's really, there's that empathy we can have, and then there's some practical things that we can pray into in alignment with the word. Just to kind of, um, but before I get into that, I just want to let you know that there are um, several ministries that are really focused in on um, supporting the persecuted church, and there are um, a lot of resources that are available. Uh, one of my favorite, and Tim just mentioned it, is Open Doors. And um, if you're a, if if you do technology well, they have an app. It's called the Open Door app. It's a prayer app, and what it will do is it'll give you alerts, which is really great to keep it on your radar, especially if you're not like in the routine of it. It'll pop right on your phone, and they'll say, "Here's a situation that's going on," and it's 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 brief. And there are um, there are prayer walls where you can write things. Open Doors also has a you know ministry where you can you can get on a prayer wall and, and, and give encouragement to these believers and you can also write letters to them. Um, International Christian Concern is another organization and then there's there's Voice of the Martyrs. And so there are there are resources that are available. When we're done I've got a couple magazines that I just happen to have that if anybody wants to borrow them just to you know, check out some, you know, because they, they highlight things and, and just get you involved in the story and understanding the cultural circumstances that these believers are dealing with in different countries. And it just really uh, informs and empowers you in ways to pray. And what happens is it encourages your faith because you think, wow, what these believers are going through. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, sometimes I'm like, what's my problem? What am I complaining about? <laughs> you know, it's like, holy cow, what these people are going through. I'm going to read one more scripture, and then I'm going to go through ways we can pray. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12. 
But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. That's 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. When I read this, I thought, this is living the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. That's what that is. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Then verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. How many was that? All. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It might have different expressions as the, all these countries do. You know, in this, in this context, I mean, Paul was warning Timothy just even about religious per- persecution from the religious leaders and those people that claimed to be godly but were denying the power of God. So ways we can do this. A really important way to pray for the persecuted church, I believe, is by the Spirit. Another way we could say that is prophetically, meaning that we're, we are letting the Spirit inform us in how we pray for situations. Ministries will make suggestions about how you can pray. But you notice, like, sometimes our flesh says, my brother and sister is in this terrible situation. It's like, Lord, get them out of that situation. Lord, deliver them from the persecution. Lord, kill all the persecutors. Make all, all, all of the enemies of the Lord just go away, right? But God is working something in all these circumstances. He's working a refining within believers, and he is, even, you know, even as in the pressing and in the crushing, he's making new wine in them, and he's, he's making a witness to the unsaved earth because he really wants he, his, his heart is that for all that are lost to be saved. And who else will he use for this lost and dying world other than his ambassadors, the first fruits, his children, to be shining lights? And often that shining witness comes in the form of the pressing and the crushing and the persecution that non-believers see, and they say, how, why? <laughs> Why will they not deny their faith? How do they not give up? Why are, what is their hope? It's, you know, beyond understanding. And so this witness is there. So we have to be praying by the Spirit, what the Spirit is leading us to pray. So important. What's happening here when we we come here in the house of prayer is that the prayer leader is praying by the Spirit and the worship leader is singing by the Spirit. We are, we, are worship, we are worshiping and praying in the worship order of heaven. And so this is the place where the greatest amount of revelation is happening in this context of how to pray specifically. Sometimes in this prayer, we've been in this prayer set, and the Lord has revealed something by the Spirit that, that he wants prayed out. He is, he's um, sung just some incredible things that I have heard my daughter sing out by the spirit and I, and, and my spirit is just leaping inside of me because there's this there's this antiphony that was going on between her and I as I'm praying and as she's singing by the spirit because heaven is moving 
as we are coming into alignment with heaven. So I can't emphasize that that's so vitally important. There's lots of ways that we can pray. We can pray, you know, on our own in our prayer closets and things like that. But there, there is there this this particular way that we do it, um, singing prophetically and praying prophetically, responding in that way is just is is just powerful. Some other ways that you can really pray is uh, pray for just practically provision. This is a major issue for believers all over the earth is provision. Just give you a quick example of like during COVID, like even while there's government rations, like they're not giving them to believers because they're like, you're last on the list, you're bottom of the barrel, let your God provide for you. And so we do as believers want to be providing and responding as the Holy Spirit prompts us to be generous in how we can provide for those believers. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm not going to have time to go through all of these, but I'm just going to, I'm going to hit just a couple of them. Pray, pray for joy for believers, joy in the suffering. Pray for patient endurance. Pray for, um, pray for them to, um, not consider like as Romans 8, 18 through 24 talks about that their present sufferings would not be worth, would not be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in them one day at the first resurrection, when they are reconnected with the Father in heaven, when there's no more suffering, when there's no more pain, when they're, that, that, that they would have vision, that they would see a new heaven and a new earth, that they would have heavenly visitations. Think about the example that Tim gave of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, and they're seeing a fourth man, Jesus, manifest with them in their struggle and their suffering. Pray that in the middle of tribulation that they would feel the nearness of the Father, that they would have encounter with the Holy Spirit, that they would, that they would be um, led um, to just, just to feel the Father's love and feel the Father's embrace. I remember watching a video one time, just stuck with me, where you know, a, a guy is saying he, he's in the middle of, of being, uh, being tortured, and he said, I just felt like every time they did things, which I won't describe, that I just felt like Jesus hugging me and telling me that he loved me. Pray that they would feel the nearness and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, that they would not give up, that they would have patient endurance. You know, Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Revelation is divine guidance. It's encountered by the Holy Spirit. It's it's. It's knowledge from heaven to sustain them and strengthen them. There's all kinds of stories that we see in the Bible of this. Related to that vision, Revelation 22, and he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of it, in the in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Jumping down to verse 7, Behold, I am come quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Standing strong, long-suffering, patient endurance in the midst of suffering, healing from trauma, 
Ephesians 3.18, this is from the Amplified, be fully capable of comprehending with all of the saints the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love. They need to know his love in the midst of this suffering, his nearness, his closeness. They couldn't do it apart from that. Pray that they would have community and connection. So many of these, these believers are isolated. Pray that they would have the living word of God, that they'd be able to hide the word of God in their heart so they would be encouraged, so that they could remain faithful. Um, pray that they would have opportunities to worship together, to have fellowship. Pray him that the, the Lord would release a new song out of them as they sing, the song that breaks down the, the strongholds. Pray that they would have the ability to forgive their enemies. Pray, Heavenly Father, for, pray that the Heavenly Father would give them supernatural love for their enemies. Um, pray that... Um, Pray that they would be peacemakers, that they would continue to have the desire to reconcile those people that don't know them to a relationship with you. Pray for signs, wonders, and miracles. The Lord really breaks through in this way. He just brings healing to people. Um, pray that they would be comforted in their distress. Pray that they have wisdom and discernment in how to walk through situations. Pray that they would have faith, hope, and love. And especially love. I'm going to close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you put us in a body. And we thank you that you invite us that one part of the body suffers, the rest of the body suffers with it. Lord, we know that we experience trials and tribulations. But right now, in our present state, we're not experiencing the persecution in the way that much of our brothers and sisters are experiencing it in the 1040 window. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would have your heart. We pray, Heavenly Father, that um, we would be filled with compassion and that we would be led by your spirit to faithfully pray and intercede for these precious ones. We pray, Heavenly Father, that our hearts would be changed and transformed as we join together with the rest of our body that's on fire, that they would feel our prayers. Or we know that they do. We know we feel the prayers when people pray for us. We pray that they would feel the prayers, that you would raise up a prayer movement throughout this world that believers would pray for other believers, that the prayers would strengthen them and sustain them in their darkest hour. And Lord, we pray that your light would shine in the darkness through a living witness of your love and your salvation and your hope to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. So as the response team comes up, um, we've got just a one, two-minute video we'll close with. Thank you for loading videos. <laughs> Can you think of a situation in your life where, in the heat of the moment, you felt all alone? Maybe you felt like God was far away, but when you looked back, you realized that God was with you every step of the way. 
that he was close and present. Learning to seek God through the difficult seasons of life is an important part of the Christian journey, and it's one we often can't do alone. We need to support each other and pray for God to bring his peace and wisdom to challenging situations. In fact, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are in need of prayer today. There are more than 360 million Christians around the world that face high levels of persecution and discrimination simply because they choose to follow Jesus. Persecution isn't only violence. It's also pressure that could be applied to every area of life. Some are kicked out of their homes and turned away by their families. Some have their houses searched and get interrogated. Some are arrested and spend years in prisons away from their families. Churches get attacked and destroyed. People are threatened by their communities. Some get kidnapped and held in isolation. Some live under constant watch, forced to keep their faith a secret. Like in Afghanistan, for example. Afghanistan is the most dangerous place in the world for Christians to live. Almost every Christian there is a secret believer. If a new Christian's faith is discovered, they can be disowned by their family and community, or even killed in the name of honor. Many believers are forced to flee the country, leaving everything they have behind. Christians in Nigeria face the most violent persecution. While all citizens of northern Nigeria face threats and violence, Christians are often specifically targeted by extremist groups because of their faith. They live their lives under constant threat of attack, and kidnappings are becoming more common. And an attack could happen at any point of their everyday lives without warning. Each one of these persecuted Christians are part of the same body of Christ that we are part of. Their experiences impact them deeply, and they, like us, need reminders of God's closeness. For this year's International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, will you join us in prayer? Let's pray for our persecuted family to be reminded that they are not abandoned by God or His Church, that they are persecuted but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, not abandoned.